Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, I think we can be safe in saying that if we were to record this podcast a week ago, we were dreading the thought of doing it. Um, but our season's up and running. The season started. It's, it's, it's mid-February, but the season has now finally started. <laughs> um, how are you getting on, Ammo? We'll go into that before because I know you've been busy over the last little while. So how's things been over the past month before we get stuck into the Liverpool chat? Yeah, no, busy, busy, busy. I'm getting married, as you know. So it's literally just one thing after another, after another, after another. Um, and when you think it's all done, there's something else to be done. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, busy, busy, busy. You know, I, like yourself, Danny, with kids and work and and life itself. This time of year, I don't know what it is about January and February. It seems to be like a lot of kind of life. I call it life admin. It's like a lot of kind of organising stuff for the rest of the year. Um, kind of a lot getting ready for spring. But not all's good. Um, obviously watching as much football as possible. And yeah, no, that that's it really. There's nothing really, you know, major to report, to be honest with you. But as I say, planning for the wedding in May. So um, looking forward to that. And that's about it. What about yourself, Danny? Yeah, I'm good. Now, answer me this question because I've been wondering this actually, and I think with you getting married, it's probably quite quite prominent. Um, my my wife kicks off at me every time I mention about buying Liverpool tickets because of the price of them. Now they're expensive. I know they're expensive. Don't get me wrong. Or at the same time, when I think back to it, like our wedding cost about fourteen grand. I've got apart from having a wife, I've got nothing else to show for it. Like. <laughs> How like is is Larissa the same? Would she kick off about football tickets and different things like that, or are, or have you are you well, safe? Let 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 me just put it out there, and I'll ve- make this very very clear. Okay, when, do you remember way back when we done a pod? I don't know if any any of our hardcore listeners will remember the podcast that me and Danny done about um, going out with a football fanatic, and we both interviewed our our partners, and um, we done it separately. And if you play those interviews side by side, which we did. 
they mm. more or less give the exact same answers without actually yeah speaking to which is which is quite mad because I've only met briefly maybe a couple of times. But let's put let, let's put this in perspective. And this answers your question. Okay. We're getting married in May. All right. The only reason we're getting married in May in the middle of summer, peak prices, is because Larissa didn't want it to um clash with a, a Liverpool game because she was warned and told that if a Liverpool match is on the day of our wedding, the chances are, all right, the chances are I'll be trying to keep up to with it as well as get married. But you'll also bear in mind it's a Thursday I'm getting married on. And you know, we don't really play in Thursdays and th- that old chestnut because we did that last season and we end up playing about five or six days. Know, yeah. <laughs> but in saying that, there's method in the madness. I think that answers your question. Um, but I will say is I brought Larissa to the first Liverpool match last season. Well, actually, she brought me to the derby. We all know what happened. The, the Divica Rigi derby. Yeah. You know, the last thing he did for Liverpool and it was, uh, she loved it. But she was just like looking around at middle-aged men being like, is this, is this actually how they go on, Sean? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she's like, actually? And I was like, yeah. She went, but all of them, like seriously, and I was like, "Yeah, you thought I was bad." So to answer your question, um, <laughs> when, it comes to, when, when it comes to money, it, it's just ridiculous. Everything tri- triples in price, and I actually know it, it's funny you mention that, Danny, because you know a good proportion of our listeners. I know this through chatting people. You know, I, I don't think anyone will be offended by saying this. You know, around about our age, maybe a couple of years younger, a couple of years older, so they're either well and well and truly happy married or about that age to get married. Yeah. And uh, everyone's going through the same type of things as us. And I think people won't be offended by saying that. No, it doesn't mean you know, we're not open to all listeners all around the world, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of these listeners are relating to what you've been through and where I'm going through now. And I think that the, the simple answer to your question is just, you have to do what you have to do. You know, happy wife, happy life. And that, well, that's the truth. <laughs> you know it, you know it. What other points in your life would you ever spend like a thousand pound on flowers? Like, that's the one thing that comes back to me. I got married obviously 2012, so you're looking nearly 11 years ago now. So obviously prices will have gone well, well up since then. But I look back on that and just think like things I could spend that money on now. Like, it's, it's mad. But as you said, it's, it's just one of those things you've got to do weirdly enough. That's like a category E Liverpool game, isn't it? <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned ticket prices because, you know, um, we'll give our plug to our guest this evening, Eamon McBride of the Derry Supporters Club. So um, he'll go on a lot about ticket prices and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, like football, we've said with money and football, it doesn't make sense. It's the same with weddings. But I think the way you get around it is going at a once-in-a-lifetime event, isn't it? And that's yeah. kind of where if you can't flash it for your wedding, then um, when can you? And that, that that's the truth. Um, I'm looking forward more to honeymoon, going to Las Vegas. <laughs> And uh, Cancun and Mexico, so I'm looking forward to that more than the actual wedding. But uh, don't tell, don't tell anyone that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, de- I definitely agree with you on that. We were the same. Um, definitely, the honeymoon's definitely a winner. Just get over the stress, get to the good bit. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. What about you? How are you, Danny? I am good, thank you, man. Yeah, just it feels like Groundhog Day at the minute. Just the same with work and stuff like that. The only thing different is, and um, we talk about ticket prices and we talk about. Liverpool tickets being gold dust at a minute. I have managed to get my hands on two tickets to Peter Kay this Thursday. Um, so I am going to watch Peter Kay. I know it's totally different from football. Um, but those tickets were like absolute gold dust when they came out. I've managed to get two tickets. So me and my wife are going on Thursday night to watch Peter Kay. Uh, as a for her. She's not really all that into comedy, but I got the tickets and it's a tough luck. That's what's the SSRE in Belfast, is it? Yep, yeah, the SSE there, so... Um, garlic, be... bread, garlic, <laughs> bread. <laughs> this has always been a bit of a dream to go see Peter Kay, like, he's so funny. 
Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the exciting thing going on in my life outside of work at the minute. Um, yeah, doing that for the wife's birthday. Well, since we last spoke, Danny, um, we've had a, a couple a couple of wins anyway. <laughs> <laughs> As we said, season's finally started mid-February. Um, but yeah, we're, we're starting to look a little bit more like the old Liverpool of previous seasons, which is good. Um, now, what do you what do you think? Because obviously, it's been it's been attributed to all sorts of different things. We've gone into a run of form just at the right time here because uh, we've got the Champions League coming up. We've got a run of really big games coming up over the next sort of six weeks, I'd say. Um, what do you think Liverpool's run of form can be put down to? Is, is it as simple as getting that little bit more hunger in the midfield with your with your new young boy coming in? Um, putting in a couple of shifts, a couple of really good performances at the minute. Is it more just something's clicked? Like, what what, what do you put it down to at the minute? I'm watching Liverpool. Honestly, this sounds really bad. Like, the, the, the January was more or less a write-off, you know, defeat against Fulham and Brighton, um, mm. to, to name a few, you know, out the FA Cup. Um, and it kind of come down to, I think, two things. The first thing, everyone was just right, it's all about the Champions League, now Real Madrid, um, and we've had plenty of seasons in the past where we've had like this game's gonna make or break our season. But I'm gonna come back to that Everton game. You know, Everton got a new manager and they won the first game. Like they haven't won in about ten games, you know, new manager comes and win the first game. Yep. Liverpool hadn't won in a while, come down to the derby and you're sitting there and you're thinking, hmm. You know, we were texting each other like this could be an all time low, do you know? Yeah. As Liverpool fans, you know, from where we were to where we are now it was a massive difference. And I think just grafting out that victory against Everton, it was a horrible game. You know, but we, we we got the win. That's that's all that mattered. Um, two 0 win. You know, Salah. A bit of a kind of jammy finish, really. If you think you, you think about it, yeah. Um, but we got that win against Everton, and like anything, it was a foundation planted. Uh, that's that's all I can say. And then when it comes to Newcastle, I don't think we were amazing in the first 15, 20 minutes. But we scored two goals, and then what happened with the keeper is just you know that's a one in a season type of situation there with with Nick Pope. Um, what can I put it down to? I think it was just being solid against Everton. Henderson come back in midfield. You know we can sit here all day and chat about Jordan Henderson. And to be fair, you could probably dedicate a couple of podcasts on what he's done. You know we're massive fans, and okay, he's thirty two. You know his best years are probably coming towards an end. You know. Um, but he sets the tempo, his voice, he commands, and I think him coming in, he was out a bit of a form, you know, him coming in and demanding a certain tempo in the game, I think, mattered. And against, you know, against Everton, he's probably our most experienced player. So, it's an easy answer to your question, I think, getting that win against Everton, you know, it wasn't pretty, but we did it. We played okay, just, you know, we mm. probably third, third gear. And then getting that win against Newcastle, it's another foundation built now. And, you know, you've got... This month, you know, I know we do these podcasts monthly now, so by the time people listen to this, the Real Madrid game might be over. But this month we got Real Madrid um, twice, and we've got um, this not the calendar month, but this month period. Yeah. We've got Real Madrid home and away, and we've got Man United. And then right at the end of that, we've got Arsenal um, and City. So I think if you're going to come into a form, this is the right time of the season. But I actually think I'm going to put down very simple to, to Jordan Henderson. I think the man coming in and, you know, you say football is fighting for form, etc. You know, Salah doesn't score three games, needs form. You know, Allison's had a few mistakes, needs form. Van Dyke hasn't been built for See where Henderson, I think he's a type player, doesn't map out form. See, as long as he does the basics right, that Liverpool team are different. And um, 
I'm going to put it down to Jordan Henderson. I know there's a lot of obvious, a lot of other distinguishing factors that come come into it, but for me, Jordan Henderson coming in, starting two games, setting the tempo, and um, for me, you've got to play the experienced players. We've had this debate before, haven't we, Danny? Where yeah. okay, Bayatich has done brilliant. He's done absolutely brilliant, but um, someone like Henderson's a mainstay in our team, and uh, I think that's what I'm going to say. Along with you know, Cody Gapko getting his first couple of goals for Liverpool. That's that. That's a weight off his shoulder. Yeah. Um, and obviously now that we're in that period of the season, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. You know, now that we've got Jota and Firmino coming off the bench, isn't that such? It's so different, isn't it, to look at the bench thinking we've got like four defenders on it. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, and I think that has helped. Uh, like I know we've said all along at different points during the season, is that you need competition. Competition is what makes people play better. Like I know. I've, brought it up a couple of times about the whole thing of the fact that I think Salah isn't playing as well because he doesn't have Mane anymore. Uh, I think having these extra players that we can now bring on, I think Gafpo coming into a little bit of scoring form, Nunes uh, learning how to break the lines a little bit better, and then having Jota and Firmino arguably still probably the most informed striker we have out of them. Um, <clears throat> having these coming in at the minute, I, I think it creates that competition that makes Salah start to go, do you know what? Like I'm, I don't need to be like absolute world beater like I have in previous seasons, but I need to step up my game. Otherwise, I will get dropped. And I think Klopp has proven that. He, he did start dropping players. I think it'd have been unthinkable probably a season or two ago to be able to drop Fabino, but we dropped Fabino because he wasn't playing very well. He started dropping uh, Robertson. He started dropping Trent. Uh, obviously, Van Dijk's a little bit different. He got injured and different things like that. But I think now that we have those options of players coming off the bench and playing well, um, like Sir Joe Gomez being a classic example, that he's still in the starting lineup because he's come in, he's been playing decent. Um, it just creates that competition, which creates better football. And hopefully that's what it is. And hopefully the midfield, especially, is starting to step up. I think um, Barchetic, as he's come in, uh, has kind of created that, that level at which boys are thinking to themselves, oh, wait there, I need to actually perform now. And hopefully as we get the likes of Thiago coming back and stuff like that, he'll be up in his game because he knows there's people in there that can that can take his spot. Um because he's been because the young lad's been playing so well at the minute. Um and it and it stopped us from having to rely on people like Harvey Elliott and Nabi Keita who, who maybe aren't playing at the level that they need to be playing to consistently have a starting place in a Liverpool lineup. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a bit like why we weren't playing well. It's a culmination of different things, isn't it? Um, but all I can say is just I'm glad we are actually playing well. <laughs> like um, because yeah, I was very much dreading doing this podcast had we not had the results that we had. As we said the other day, I think if we'd have come into this game off the back of a derby defeat, I think that would have been us. Like that'd have been the low point of the season, and you get beat by a team fighting relegation like Everton and suddenly the season's gone to pot, you lose the fans, uh, the start's becoming major issues. So thankfully, the Everton game was a bit of a springboard. And then the Newcastle game, yes, I think a lot of things went in our favour. Uh, I think with Pope going off and different things like that. But at the same time, I think Liverpool were controlling the game really well, even before that all happened. Um, so it puts us in good stead for, for the Real Madrid games. How do you think, going on to that, how do you think the Real Madrid games are going to go because we're coming in on a bit of a run of form. Real Madrid, obviously, like you don't even need to really research them to know that Real Madrid are going to come into this flying, like doing really well, real good, 
obviously team, like really good lineup. Like how how do you see this going? You say that, but the, the, the fixtures and, and the way they've been playing actually haven't been that good. I think they were the other side of the world playing in the FIFA Club World Cup a few weeks ago, which which and I know they won that and stuff or whatever, but they've not been running away with teams. Benzema has got a few more miles on his legs. He's thirty five, you know. Vinicius Junior, we know about him. He's just a quality player. Doesn't stop running, you know. Um, and obviously the rivalry ever since this was at the twenty seventeen final, where most am I right? Where most Salah come off yep. injured. The rivalry's there and it, it's never gone away. And it's been like we've we've played Real Madrid now, and there's a two or three European Cup finals, and or we've played at least at least three or four times over the last five six seasons. And what the horrible thing was last year, we played Real Madrid in the Champions League final, which some clubs never get to see the team in the Champions League final. We played in the final, and we played Real Madrid, who were probably the greatest team the, the Champions League I've seen. And for the first time in my lifetime, thirty years of age, Liverpool were favourites. Yeah. But we got beat, and it's kind of—I hate to say this—but we're kind of the underdogs. The only thing going against us is it the, the, the second leg is at the, the Bernabeu. You know, I yeah. wish it was at Anfield, but it's not. Um, how do you see the game going? Again, I think it all comes down to Jordan Henderson, Harvey, and players like that setting the tempo. I don't really see. Um, loads of goals I think it's going to be a scrappy affair because both teams know each other's strengths and qualities I just can't see it being one of those games where years gone by where there's been four, five, six goals but I don't see Liverpool steamrolling Real Madrid neither I just think it's going to be an edgy affair because we know how much it means to us I think if we can get any type of win at home take that into the second leg yeah. you know, the way goal rules are being scrapped I don't know if that's going to be um as relevant as it used to be, the home and away fixtures. I could probably see it going down to extra time and maybe penalties, you know. Um, I'm very nervous, very excited. Um, my oldest boy, Logan, actually said to me, Daddy went, Dad, can, can we go and watch the Real Madrid match in the bar? Um, <laughs> and I said, no, no, I said, no, it's it's too late or whatever. But the fact that he's even realizing the hype on his TikTok, whoever he watches, I don't know, even the <laughs> fact that he's getting hyped about the champions, we're in the last 16 of the champion. But you know what? As Jurgen Klopp said in his, in his press conference today, the atmosphere is going to be electric, it is kind of all or nothing almost. And um, it's like like anything we've said, and he's come back, it doesn't matter what team we play, Liverpool and Champions League have always got a chance, and it's, it's that simple. Mm. And uh, I don't really, I don't really think it's a case of oh crap, we're playing Real Madrid. We're Liverpool. This is the Champions League, and the rest is written in the stars, I suppose. If, if, if do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, I do. Like that's the thing is that yeah, you can never. I think, I think because we lived through the 2005 Champions League, I think we always ha- are going to have that thought in our head that anything can happen. Like you're not necessarily just looking at two teams on the form that they're going in to a game and thinking, oh, well, Real Madrid are maybe in the better form, so they're probably going to do better than us. That's just not the way this works at the minute because in Champions League, anything can happen in Anfield. And it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if Liverpool win the game 4-0 tomorrow because of because you just don't know. Like You just don't know how Anfield can get behind a team and the way that the players will be going into this game, turning up. Do you think, like, and this is the one thing that's standing out for me that gives me any type of hope outside of Liverpool's current form, do you think the fact that Benzema is injured and isn't making the trip to Liverpool tomorrow, do you think that is going to be massively in our favour? They're probably going to start Rodrigo up front, who, who hasn't really been great in terms of 
consistent goal scoring, or they're going to start probably Marco Asensio uh, again with somebody they were looking rid of in the summer. So, like, do you think that's going to help? I wasn't aware of that um, about him being injured. It's hard to say whether it's, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, the reason being is, I think when you've got Van Dijk, you know, the, the quality, the, the pace, the strength he's got, you kind of can outpace and out bully anyone. Mm. And I think Gomez with his pace kind of helps or, or Matip. What I would say is I'm more worried about pace because um, Liverpool seem to, we can see a lot of goals on the counter-attack, you know. Yeah. And uh, this essential boy is fast, as is uh, Vinicius Junior. That's kind of, if you remember the final, that's how they scored last season. Yeah. They, they scored on the break. And um, I'd be worried. Uh, I think it's going to be very tight both games. I really, really do think that. Um I suppose you've got to say it's a good thing that Benzema is out because in tight, tight games, you know, it's a player like him that can make the difference. But let's not forget, you know, we've got Mohamed Salah, you know, one of the best players mm-hmm. in the world. You know, we've got the likes of Diego Jota coming in, who's, who's due, is he due, boy, is he due a goal. Hey? <laughs> and he's just the type of player that you just, I don't think anyone that knows football would write off the likes of Diego Jota getting like a, you know, the winning goal and the tie, you know, he's, he's that type of player, isn't he? Yeah. And then when you've got the look, likes of Cody Gapko coming in, you got got, um, I think maybe Diaz back for the second leg. Um, and then Bobby, who's probably been one of our better players this season, you know. Um, I think let's make it about Liverpool. We've got plenty of quality and let's hope that it's, um, it's going to go our way. But definitely going to be tight. And uh, obviously Man United come up this month as well. It is just, let's put it this way, the players coming back, They'll come back at the right time of the season. Getting a few games, a good few results together is the right time of the season. And if everything goes our way, and it's a big if, we could make something out this season. If someone said that to me two or three weeks ago, you could be sitting there going, oh, no, you know, I'm hoping and praying that we'll get through the realm of it as well. Now, form's come at the right time. Definitely come at the right time. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. And it's definitely needed because, as you said, we've got a, a few real banana skin games coming up here with the Real Madrid game. And then... We've got Wolves after night, not long after that. Again, Wolves as a team have really struggled against. Obviously, got beat 3 0 by them just a few weeks ago. United after that, who have come into their own run of form. Suddenly, like, yeah, like you just don't quite know what's happened to United. Like, obviously, a lot of people will put it down to the whole Ronaldo situation, and he must have been messing up the dressing room and different things like that. But you suddenly got a situation here where, where they've come into form and you don't quite know what's happening with them. Um, and yeah, like so, it, it could potentially be another real, like, banana skin game for us. I think Marcus Rashford has become the greatest striker in the world over the past couple of weeks, according to United fans. And I don't know what I don't know where he's come from. Come back from the World Cup and is playing amazing. Do you know what it is? It's one of them where with Rashford. I was actually chatting about this with guys of football tonight, and um, I think what it is with him is uh, obviously Ronaldo left, so there was a void there. And obviously, there's another player that we shall not name that was kind of filling him with lots of goals, and he's kind of out the pitch now as well. And so you've, you've got two players, and there's a void left. And you know, we had two choices, didn't he? Step up or not? There was no kind of in between, and he was the main man for a while. And he, you know, let's let's face it. Good luck to him. You know, he seems like a nice fella. And if there was ever a United player that you wanted to do all right, it would be Marcus Rashford. Mm. Just hopefully not against Liverpool. That's all I can say. It's a big mum. Um, obviously, it's dominated by the Champions League, and rightfully so. Um, those fixes, hopefully we can put a few runs together and um, hopefully to come this time next month when we have a podcast, we, we've got things to look forward to, you know, hopefully quarter-final of the Champions League and uh, looking, you know, up at top four rather than kind of looking down into the mid-table because it's, uh, 
it's it has become a bit of a mini crisis this season, unfortunately. And uh, I think we should go back to a weekly podcast next next year, Danny, because since we've got we've done been doing this monthly thing, with Liverpool, I've only seemed to turn up once a month. That's all I can say. I know, I know. I suppose I would always be the pessimist that would think to myself, if we'd done a monthly podcast, if we'd done a weekly podcast, and Liverpool were playing as bad as they were, and I had to talk about it every week. Pretty saying I'd have topped myself by now. Um, <laughs> but as you said, there's there's a lot of big games coming up, but there's also a lot of potential that that we could be sitting here this time next month about to go into a Man City and an Arsenal game where we could really upset the title race, uh, not in terms of us joining in, but in terms of who eventually becomes the victor of it. Um, I think we could be looking forward to a lot of positivity. And I think this is the Liverpool of old that we remember, isn't it? Is that we, we never were, were looking at, at winning everything, but we always knew that the Champions League was a springboard for us to do really, really well. So, And hopefully that'll be the case this season, is that, yes, a lot of the other competitions have gone but we're still very much in that battle for top four, um, as much as people will write us off. I think we're very much still in that battle with the way the season's going at the minute, and we could potentially be looking at a, at a good Champions League run here, depending on how uh, Tuesday night goes. So so let's see what happens. But we'll continue on this conversation in a few minutes, but we have got uh, a good friend of ours, Eamon McBride, coming on uh, in a few minutes' time. He's going to be talking to us a little bit about his business that he's got, where he has the Champions League and the Premier League and the Cup Trophy, the replicas uh, that he takes around to events, uh, and also his involvement uh, in the supporters club over here. So we'll be joining, he'll be joining us in a minute as we take a brief break. So thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the second part of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, here we are with our special guest, um, Eamon McGrath. Many of you may recognise him from the night that we had at the Alley Theatre with uh, the former Liverpool pros. It was a great night and Eamon actually provided the uh, replica trophies on the night, which I know was a, a big, big, big... Um, Factor of the night, a lot of people give a lot of applause about that. So thank you very much, Eamon. First of all, buddy, um, how are you? And um, how's it going? Hi, all good, Sean. All good, Sean. And uh, thanks for having me on, first and foremost. Um, so yeah, all good. And Liverpool starting to pick up a wee bit of form, hopefully now. So hope that's the season starting, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> that That's it. We were just saying we, we, we started a podcast after a couple of wins, because if we didn't, it would have been really... Really depressing. I suppose. Um, <laughs> I suppose what what we kind of chat about all our guests, and it's kind of an obvious one. Um, but first of all, obviously you being a local mucker, did he say from Derry? Um, why Liverpool, <laughs> and uh, how did that start? Ah, Jesus. Why Liverpool? Well, actually, you'll, you'll never believe this, but you probably do. I don't know if you've seen my Facebook post, but I, I was actually a Man United fan when I was growing up. When I was only about like. Five years of age, six years of age. Um, because my dad, he was he was a he was a big Man United fan, and and so he got me a Man United uh, jersey and that uh, when I was growing up. And um, but my brother was a big Liverpool fan, and I think he even more or less then sort of persuaded me in to support Liverpool. Um, at the time, you know. Our local club, Derry City, was not, not not in the league. They got um, kicked out of the Irish League back in 1972. So with no, um, you know, local side they support, 
you know, back, you know, back in the 80s, mid 80s, you know, and uh, well, Derry got back into the League of Ireland. Um, well, they got back, they were never in the League of Ireland, the League of Ireland accepted them. Um, uh, and, and the league because the Irish league, you know, wouldn't let them back in, so they, they basically they applied to the League of Ireland back in 19. Right, everybody, um, welcome back to 85, and, and they got on, and you know, um, the rest is history, as they say. So, but uh, like I was sort of following Liverpool, like you know, from the mid 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 80s, then, um, so I've just the two loves I've got Liverpool and Derry City. That's mad um, that you mentioned that because, like well, last year, my my I started following Derry City. It's a bit of a joke amongst my friends in Liverpool. They're all, are you a Derry fan now? My first game was the uh, Jamie <laughs> McGonagall winner against uh, Shamrock. There, last that was my very first day of game, and I was at the final and fell over them. So it's good to watch local football, and uh, I can certainly understand what how it's like for some people. Realize having a love for two kind of clubs. So I'm with you on that, and right. I have to say I, I can. I can see it come from, but obviously this is a Liverpool podcast, and uh, we have to talk about Liverpool. So tell me, what was your first Liverpool game? Who was your first Liverpool goal scorer you seen live, and who's your favourite ever player? Uh, um, first, first Liverpool game I was at, um, as I say, my brother once he um, got me, and they supported Liverpool. You know, so supported Liverpool from the mid eighties. Just coincided with the time that Derry was, you know. Um, coming into the League of Ireland and and I was supporting Liverpool as well and obviously Derry and so my first my first match was um, 1987 my brother um, took me over um, and it was against Leicester City at Anfield um, Liverpool won 4-3 Um and Ian Rush scored a hat trick, so that was my first game, and I've seen Ian Rush score a hat trick in the place. So it was wow. Um, and so I'm torn between obviously my favorite player growing up would be, would have been either you know Ian Rush or John Barnes. Um, just hard to call between them two. Um, Kenneth Gleish was just sort of he was semi retired at that point. Like you know, around, around about 1987, you know, he was he was only sort of coming on as a sub now and again, you know. So and he didn't play many games in the following season, 87, 88. I, I think he played. Just, I don't think he played any games in 87, 88, maybe. Um. So, but uh, growing up, I'd, I'd have to say it was really between Rushy or, or Digger, you know. So. Nah, fair um, enough. That, what are jury's still out. I'll probably go with Rushy. <laughs> what an absolute two to two Liverpool legends, and uh, me and Danny actually were devastated. We come within a, a couple of days of interviewing John Barnes, didn't we, Danny? And it fell through. But we always we always have hope, and we always hopefully one day we'll get him on. Um, I suppose, which comes into kind of the second kind of the question, kind of the main part of having you on our podcast, Damon. So you're actually the secretary of the Derry City Supporters Club. Now, first of all, from a personal level, I must thank you. For getting me and my young lad tickets for the Leicester game there in uh, in the end of December, what a game, what an occasion, and no thank you so much. Um, but as you know, a guy that's in the sports club and a prevalent role, the ticket supply and demand is just through the roof, isn't it? I mean, obviously that's the first thing I'm going to ask, but how much time do you have to put into running this, you know, being the secretary of this club? And I suppose at times it's it's really rewarding, but I suppose it's a lot of hard work in the background. Yeah, it, 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 it can be, it can be, Sean, you know, but I, I do it for the love of the club as well. And uh, 
I just love getting fans over to games that, that I've never been over. You know, just love seeing uh, young kids' faces. You know, getting getting go going to the first match, um, getting their photograph in the match day program um, as well, and I, I just just love helping fellow Reds get over to um, over to Anfield as as much as as much as I can. You know, um, it, it can be quite time consuming. You know, but look, luckily enough, we're a small club relatively compared to you know other clubs worldwide and you know throughout you know England and stuff you know um we're, we're kind of close not club like with a good with about 30 40 members in there you know good uh good members like so um so it's and what like does it entail it because what does it entail uh, you know there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of you know talking to the club themselves and stuff like that yes well oh uh, um, as I say, we we we've, it depends really on um, you know, on what you want to do for the club. You know, it's, um, you know, it's it's quite difficult. You know, especially when you're working full time job, and you've other commitments as well. Um, so in reality, you know, probably we should be meeting every every week, every time Liverpool's playing in our. Our supporters club premises they watch watch the games but not everybody can get out and i know it's cost of living and all that um it's it's hard for people to you know come out on a cold wednesday night you know and you know spend spend money you know because cost of living and all that like but uh uh just really entails you know as, as long as i'm applying for tickets and you know i'll we have meetings now again just <clears throat> just to sort out the allocation of tickets and stuff and you know it can be quite you know time consuming you know uh, a lot of paperwork you know, everything's sort of online now you know uh, so uh, once we get our allocation it's just a matter of just going onto the website and you know clicking um clicking on the link of the, that liverpool send you and um and then allocating the, the supporters then to that ticket so ah uh, it can be quite time consuming like you know so i've got i've got a diary here that's still Lots of stuff to uh, go through because of there's a Wolves match coming up, which members um, were down for. Um, they were down for it in September. Um, the flights and hotels booked, and then um, uh, the, the Queen passed away. Um, so obviously that match was um, postponed. So it was rearranged. So a lot of members now can't go to that game. So because it's midweek and they can't get off work. So it's, I just have to do a bit of juggling about now and recall tickets and distribute tickets. It's just one of them things. Absolutely. But, uh, and tell me I this, Simon. Tell me this. Is it, um, is it challenging? You know, kind of, you're the man that is in the know with tickets. And uh, I say, I don't know about, I don't think I've ever discussed this properly with Danny, but I genuinely at times do get tortured. And it's always, God forgive me for saying this, but it's always people that maybe they've been scammed by someone to get a ticket, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and your heart goes out to them, but like it really is hard to get a Liverpool ticket these days, isn't it? Yeah, uh, basically it is. If you're just a normal member, um, it is extremely difficult unless you have the criteria, unless you have the the thirteen plus games that Liverpool are looking for at the start. It guarantees you a ticket, um, but it's it's how do you get on that? Ladder, how do you you know get on that ladder? How do you get on to get thirteen games? You know what I mean. If you can't, if members can't even get on and get 
long ticket, never mind 13 games. Um, so basically, I was like, I was just building up my credits every every year, you know, um, just to get on the ladder. Um, and then I would just pass the tickets on to, you know, my friends, wherever, wherever I wanted to go, I'd just help whoever wants to go to the game, mm. you know. So, um, but some, you know, uh, I'd say some scousers uh, probably frown on that, you know, going, oh, you shouldn't be building up press if you're not going to go to the match yourself and all that. You should uh, let proper fans like scousers go to the game and all oh, you're not in. Well, let, Eamon, 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 let, let, me get, let, let me get you absolutely, let me get you absolutely right there. So it's funny that you mentioned that. The whole reason that me and Danny started this podcast was because we, we were in that category. We lit Dan Danny, didn't we? We thought, if you're not from Liverpool, how on mm. earth can you be uh, like? I would have argued with you when I first moved over here ten years ago. Eamon, you can't be a, as big a Liverpool fan as me. I was born in the city. I grew up watching the club. You know, I, I spent half my weekends as it. But then when you come over here, we actually realised very, very quickly you could almost argue that the fans over here are bigger fans because there's the money they spend just to get to Liverpool. They have to, as you mentioned, exactly. hotels, flights, and I... we start we start this podcast, and it's like. You could almost, there's literally arguments to be made that fans over here are actually bigger fans than ones in Liverpool. And that's, uh, that's I would almost say you'd win that argument. Do you reckon that's to say, isn't that right, Danny? You could say that, couldn't you? Oh, massively. Yeah, I know we've said it a few times about different situations, but like I would have been at games previously where I remember being at Champions League games and stuff. Um, I was at the 04 05, I was at the Champions League quarterfinal, um, one of the ones I went to. And no, it wasn't. It was one of the last sixteen months. Um, but anyway, I went to it. Like I literally got the ticket, like forty-five minutes before the game kicked off. Like someone said to me, like, "Oh, I can't go to the game. Do you want it?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sweet." Like I didn't have to take time off work. Like I didn't have to book a flight. I didn't have to get a bus. I didn't have to do nothing. Like I literally live twenty minutes from the stadium, so I just walked there, got the ticket, went in, watched the game, went home. But as you said, you come over here, and to my own shame, like first game I think I went to watch when I moved after I moved over here was I went with a, a friend of mine, Stevie, um, to go watch an Everton match because he was he, he's an Everton fan and he'd never been to the ground before. And I think I'd I think I'd got a couple of Everton tickets in a Kinder Surprise one week, and because they're just giving them away everywhere. Um, so I, I found them and thought, oh, I found them on the floor and thought, oh, I'll go to the game. Um, but we like. We had to like book time off work. We went over there. It was nil-nil. Awful game. Like really bad game. Like you wouldn't even mind a team getting beat as long as you've seen a goal. But it was a nil-nil Everton Swansea. You go home, like you have to fly back late at night, get into get back to your house, knowing you've got to go to work the next day because you don't want to book two days <laughs> off. And I remember sitting there just thinking to myself, like, you've got to be so much more of a devoted fan when you don't live in the city because of the commitment level that you have to make. So I think we realised that coming into this podcast. I think we, you suddenly have your eyes open. Yeah. And that's that's what we've looked to do in this podcast is open other people's eyes to the commitment that people on the island of Ireland have to the club. Yeah, I'd say there's big support in Ireland, you know, especially you know for Liverpool. There's a lot, massive, massive support. Uh, you know, it's been going back years and years and years. Like you know, so it's you know, it's not just thing. It's just Something that's just started up like in the last 10 years, you know. Um, Liverpool um, has always had a, a great Irish connection. Uh, lots of There's lots of clubs over here in Ireland and 
they do anything to get the Anfield, you know, they're saving up their hard end cash, you know, mm-hmm. um, applying for tickets week on week. I remember years ago, you know, before it was all this criteria, you sent off your postal order, you know, for a, a ticket like six weeks in advance. So it was just pot luck if you got if you got a ticket or not, you know, but uh, that's now it's all just all um you have you have to have your set matches, you have you have to have your criteria, your thirteen plus games. Um, you know, and it's it's hard to build up that criteria. Um, you know, especially just to get on that ladder, you know, and even the Champions League, you know, tickets is, is like gold dust as well. Unfortunately, I've bought up my credits over the years, like you know, just to help the Reds get over over the games, like you know. So, um, and tell me this, Simon. Over tonight. Tell me this before we yes, go sir. into the um tro- the replica trophy business, which you know is a big thing, and we loved it on the night. There's a young guy, is it? I forget his name, Trent something, um, that went from Derry City to Liverpool. Um, do you know much about him? And from from what I've heard, he seems to be definitely one for the future, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a he's a bright young player. Um, you know, it's it was on the it was on Derry's books. You know, before he uh, moved over to Liverpool, um, he's you know, it's just a pity I didn't. Derry said I couldn't hold on to him because I think he'd be phenomenal. You know what I'll say. Is 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 good enough to play for Liverpool, you know, at uh, under age level, like uh, under 19s, I think he's playing for them or under 18. I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, I'm um, uh, friends with his uh, his uncle, you know, um, Kevin. So um, hopefully down the line, we're going to try and get him up to the supporters club when you know he's uh, pre season or whatever, like you know, or when whenever he's not over in Liverpool playing. So fingers Absolutely. crossed. Well, one one for the future, hopefully, and you know that the people are there. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> if he plays Liverpool, they'll be really proud. So let's talk about the replica trophy business. You're in possession of a Champions League replica trophy, a Premier League, league and FA Cup, um, and they were hit it all night at the Alley Theatre. Now, as you, uh, we're Liverpool fans, we've been everywhere watching them and stuff, and you see lots of lads kind of at this, and. Um, just seeing my wheel I'd look at the trophies like it, it really makes us you said you'd love nothing more than seeing the young youngsters going to the first Liverpool game stuff like that what is it actually like seeing some of the young fellas even men seeing those the size of the trophies for the first time on TV they look tiny don't they they do they do you know once you you see them up front and you have them in your hands you know it's uh, it's oh, it's just it's just amazing. Just you see, just the young kids. Like you know, well, I'm just I'm still a big young kid. So I, you know, uh, <laughs> I was like a kid in Christmas morning getting my hands on the Champions League trophy. Like you know, it was a, and I have that's my own trophy now. Like so, um, but no, I was um, reason it became it became about you know around about the start of 2000, 2020. Um, Liverpool were playing in the league, obviously, and uh, I was going and. There was a fellow in Sligo who does the same as me, um, Graham, Graham Colley. Uh, well, I don't know if you're listening, Graham, but hello, Graham. Uh, Graham runs Replica, Replica Trophies Ireland. Um, so that's it. I got the idea from from Graham because he was he's he was doing really well um, up in Sligo with the trophies. He was all around Ireland, um, and he was doing weddings and stuff and everything else. I says, I wonder would that work here in Derry and. So I, I text Graham one night and I said, Graham, I'm thinking of, you know, getting the replica trophies. You know, would you mind me 
doing that up here in Derry, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, taking away your business or anything like that there. And he says, no, 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 work away. I'm in batter away. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've done a goal, Sligo, or all that around surrounding areas covered. Um, work away. So Graham was brilliant. He gave me a, a you know, a, a <clears throat> give me a few pointers and stuff and give me, you know, loads of tips and stuff and he helped me get the business up and running. So first thing was to uh, order some trophies, <laughs> which uh, which is handy to have. Tell me this, Eamon. <laughs> have you ever have you ever slept with big ears? We won't tell anyone. <laughs> she prefers to be called Sarah, but uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I did think big ears did bad one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't tell anyone. Don't worry. We won't tell anyone. It was. Uh, it was certainly hit at the night of the Alhita. And I suppose you know it's it's great to get an insight of what's like being a supporters club. Your little story on the games you've been to. Suppose before we end, um, Danny's just got a couple of a quick five questions. So what I will say to you um, before Danny. Um, Kind of and ask these because it, it, they're a bit random. It's from his five. Is it your five-year-old, six-year-old book, Danny? Is it or? Yeah. So we started this a little while ago. Even my six-year-old got a book for Christmas. Um, all about would you rather questions. So okay. <laughs> so just to get to know you a little bit better, we always ask these would you rather questions now because you seem to have uh, taken off and we enjoy them. They're a bit of fun. So uh, I'm going to ask you all some right, okay. would you rather questions um, to see how well you're getting on. And obviously, they're not football related at all, uh, which is good because <laughs> I was listening to that um, Derry City conversation there, and Ammo couldn't remember the name of the young lad from Derry City that has the same surname as his wife, uh, as soon to be wife. I knew uh, it was Doherty. I knew it was Doherty. I knew it was. <laughs> so it shows how it shows how committed he is to wanting her to change her name that he's just forgotten the name out of his head altogether. <laughs> so we won't be asking any football questions to not shame Ammo anymore. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to throw a few at you, Raymond. So first of all, would you rather, just going to look through this book here, would you rather have a mullet or a man bun? Which one would you rather go for? <laughs> Is there an option three? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd say um, I like my 80s and I like my German football, so it has to be a mullet. Go for the mullet. And it's coming back. Anybody has a man bun? Have seen with a mullet, like? <laughs> Anybody has a man bun that should that should be shot there. So I don't know. <laughs> I like it. You know, this is what we want. We want solid opinions. It's good. Don't, no I don't, think, I can, I don't think I can say that in Ireland. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Are you good? Next one. Would you? Would you rather only be able to listen to the same ten songs for the rest of your life, or be able to only watch the same five movies? Um, probably watch the same five movies. What have we, What have we got? What's it? What's your top? Like, give us your give us your top your top two. The top two would be uh, Back to the Future and Goodfellas. Oh, variety! That's a that's a that's a good variety. There. Yeah, I like it. Probably Shawshank on there. Yeah. Good. Good. I like. Ah, it. yeah, I'm a big Back to the Future fan, so um, I would have to be. I could watch Back to the Future all, 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 all day long. Yeah, I can't beat it. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I think if I was ever to go on Mastermind, I think Back to the Future would be my specialist subject. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd have knew this in advance. I'd have just asked you all the questions on Back to the Future. <laughs> 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 uh, 
would you rather have a time machine or a teleporter? <laughs> time machine, obviously. <laughs> where would you go back to? I was thinking about this. Someone asked me this question the other day. What, where, if you was to go back in time, where would you go back to? Uh, I think I would, knowing everything that you know now, I would go back to the season, the beginning of the season where Leicester won the league and put me put my entire life savings on it. I think that's that's where I'd be looking going. <laughs> aye, a hundred percent. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go back uh, back in time. Um, that's a good question. I'd probably go into the future. Um, to see many league titles, Liverpool is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get that elusive twentieth league title. Um, I know. So we can shut up the Man United uh, fans, like so. <laughs> Actually, get a trophy parade. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather only be able to use chopsticks or only be able to use a fork for the rest of your life? Ah, uh, a fork all day long. Fork. <laughs> like it. And then last one, which is actually a really big debate when I do this in like secondary schools and stuff. Would you rather only be able to eat McDonald's or KFC for the rest of your life? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, probably Maggie's, Maggie D's. It's a probably contentious one, though. Like, everywhere I go, like, it really splits a room when you ask that question. <laughs> uh, no, I think Maggie D's. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. There you go. So we, there's Eamon's five quick fire questions, and it, it's funny because um, what we could sit here and plan all this out, Eamon, but we don't. I didn't have a clue what was coming, and uh, you oh, said, did I? I can certainly <laughs> tell one that Amy said, Eamon certainly didn't. But there you go. Listen, we've gained another friend of the podcast, um, who's you know in the Dairy Supporters Club there, who owns. Give give, give your uh, business a shout out. It's is it Replica Trophies Dairy? Is it uh, Replica Trophy Cabinet? Replica trophy cabinet. What we'll do is when we put this podcast out on social media, we'll tag um them in, in, in this post. And if anyone's looking at replica trophies for big occasions, Eamon is your man. And yeah. he comes at a very reasonable price and uh, he's willing to travel locally. So and obviously if you're a big Liverpool fan, no no better man to um, have it your special occasion. But yeah, it's been a, a privilege, Eamon. Hopefully this season's gonna go the right direction. A big massive match with Real Madrid. Um, yeah. tomorrow so yeah no thanks for coming on and uh, oh, everyone listen no problem Danny, thanks so much everyone thank, thank you. you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network